What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, because great leaders will produce great results. Welcome to all of our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners, wherever you might be in the world, we are delighted to have you with us on the Becoming Your Best show. We have a delightful guest. I'll look forward to introducing her in just a moment. And we are really going to get after it today because this guest knew she she had become an entrepreneur and earned an advanced degree in psychology. Her entrepreneurial spirit meshed well with her inquisitive nature as an adopted child who always wanted to and then met her birth family, with whom she is close today. She is driven to be successful as a business owner and as an entrepreneur. She always knew she would be. I'm excited to talk about that. And she went on to earn a PhD and established the K Parks Consulting Inc., KPC is the acronym over a decade ago. So welcome, Dr. Kissy M. Parks. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a warm welcome. Oh, you bet. And before we get started, Kissy, I'd like to tell our listeners whom we're honored and privileged to have with us today about Dr. Kissy. Since 2008, KPC has been at the forefront of creativity, customized in-person, online, virtual reality, and blended-based training and curriculum developed services that meet the unique needs of federal agencies. And today she owns and operates multiple businesses and has over 50 million in government contract awards. And through GovCon winners, She helps service-based small business owners learn how to win profitable federal contracts, government contracts, through the powerful CTC technique to grow their bottom line. So that's a tremendous background, Kizzy. And so tell us about yourself, where you grew up. I mean, my goodness, an orphan. Our listeners would love to hear about this background. And then we can talk about how you got into business, and how did you know this is what you wanted to do? So bring us up to speed. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So as I said, I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. You know, I was adopted when I was six months, and just always been a very curious person that really works really, it works well. I would say not just in the space of psychology, but Just being an entrepreneur and being a leader, you have to have some sense of curiosity there or your day is going to be pretty dull. And you may find that some aren't going to want to follow you or your business doesn't have the success that it could have. So channeling that curiosity along with this entrepreneurial spirit that I always had, I started my first company directly out of graduate school. 
which was K Parks Consulting, KPC, and we've been awarded over $50 million in federal contracts, and we provide different services to the federal government. And as time went on, I really noticed that a lot of businesses would enter this space, and that space being federal contracting, they were interested, or maybe they had a friend or family member that dabbled in it, and they wanted to have success. And the thing is with, with anything in life, it's hard, you know, if it was easy, everyone, (laughs) you know, would be really successful or be a superstar entrepreneur or superstar leader. You can fill in the blank. So I'm really passionate about helping small businesses really learn how to find bid and win federal contracts And a lot of that just stemmed from my upbringing and just being a very curious person who loves to help others. Okay, good. So, Kissy, how did you develop the expertise of being able to really be awarded government contracts and teach others how to do it? How did that come about? I started out as a graduate research fellow at now Patrick Space Force Base in central Florida. And it's just south of Kennedy Space Center. And I ended up picking up a subcontract because I started off as a graduate research fellow. They really liked the skill set that I provided, which involved analytics, research, thought leadership. And I received an almost six-figure subcontract to stay on, to provide those similar types of services. And what ended up happening is I quickly started to learn about government contracting because I literally went from being Kizzy Parks graduate student to within a couple of weeks being Dr. Parks government contractor. And I started the process to incorporate my sole proprietorship into K Parks Consulting. And so along the way, I met many people, went to all these different events and trainings and outreach and skid my knees several times learning and getting back up. And so I ended up being awarded well over $50 million in all different types of government contracts. And I have three different firms And so throughout that time, I really learned what goes into being profitable as a federal contractor, what really goes into finding the right kind of contracts, learning really how government contracting actually works. Through all of that, I'm able to help others. So I've helped working with a business right now that I'm helping with them obtain prime contracts and for them to really understand what it takes to be a prime contractor. I work with someone else who had never bid on any kind of federal work and needed help just getting started with having the proper name, the proper logo, figuring out how to even find and bid on opportunities. And so all of my expertise comes from what I actually do, what I do is what I actually teach and coach others on how to implement because a lot of people can talk about what you should do, right? There's that theoretical, here's what you should do. Here's what should happen. Here's how you should operate. But there's a big difference between should and theory and application. 
And so what I put out there is what I actually do. And it's become extremely successful. And it's this path that, in my opinion, is much easier than some of the other paths out there. Right. Well, thank you for giving us the background on your business, what you're doing. That's so interesting. And I know if if that may be applicable to some of our listeners that uh, will be sure that they know how to contact you. What's so fun about becoming your best podcast show and series is that's what we have in common, which is how does a person become their best? How do we help as a leader, our organizations become their best, regardless of what industry that they're in? How do you look at that? Like, I can just tell by talking with you, Kizzy, that that's something that's been in your heart and mind is becoming the best at what you do. So what does becoming your best mean to you? You know, it definitely is in my heart and mind, Steve. Being my best and the best, first and foremost, you must be a lifelong learner. You must be a lifelong learner and you must have humility. My why has nothing to do with ego or anything of that nature. And you must reflect on that. I'm here to make lives easier. I'm here to help people. Hands down, those are my whys. And they have, they're no different than when I was a little kid. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the same. And so to be my best self is this being in this constant stage of just learning, 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 learning. Because nothing is really constant when you think about it. I mean, some things maybe aren't as technologically advanced as others, or maybe they haven't been disrupted per se, but there's this just, there's this fire that I have and I encourage others to have that, that are listening to always learn. So for instance, when it comes to government contracting, I haven't stopped. I haven't said, Oh, well, I've won all these awards. I'm done. I like, I'm constantly learning because there's things that are constantly changing just as an entrepreneur and the way that the government does business and the way and the different things that are out there for sale. And so it's very important. And especially today, you can leverage YouTube and LinkedIn learning and professionals and colleagues and SCORE and the SBA. There's a ton of resources out there to help you and books, amazing books out there. Steve has an amazing book if you all haven't haven't grabbed a copy. And that's what it's about is just having that humility to know, hey, I'm not the most important person here. I don't know it all. And it's okay that I don't know it all. Let me go out and try and learn as much as possible. And it's, it just really helps you be your best because then you attract those who are like you and want to be better too. Well, that's a great answer. I love it. Good going. Both the importance of learning and always gaining knowledge, and then also humility. And you said quite a few things there, which is so cool. And I'd like to go back to your, I think another part of becoming your best is having a vision of what you can become that you're never done, just like you said. And I was fascinated by the fact that somehow earlier in your life, you just had a sense that you'd receive an advanced degree and that you would be successful. That's part of becoming your best, isn't it? Being able to have the mindset that this can happen. Yeah. 
I mean, definitely. There was, there was never this thought like, oh, I'm not going to. It was more about, wow, I didn't expect it so early. That, that was really my mindset when it happened while I was in graduate school. But I knew my adopted family, especially my father, he always instilled in me that I could do everything. That's why I say often everything is possible. He basically was like, everything is possible. Whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you want to be, you can do that. And, you know, I find that to be very true today where I never thought that I would start another business GovCon winners to help small business owners. I never imagined that. I never thought that we would have a contract with the FDA inspecting vape shops. Never imagined that, you know, it's just, you know, and we've sold products too, you know, we've sold electronics. Never in my wildest dreams did I think these would be the different ways in which I would express my entrepreneurial spirit but I'm just so grateful and thankful for the mindset of achievement and being a forever learner and just rolling with the punches because being an entrepreneur, especially today, it's a very glamorous, it's all over social media. It's the hot thing that people want to do. And often many don't realize that you're literally building the plane as you're flying. And all of our journeys are different as entrepreneurs, but we make up the majority of businesses in this amazing country. They're small businesses. We are those who employ all the amazing people in this country. And so there's a lot riding there. So it's, it's just, it's been great to be able to just channel that success mentality, despite all of the different trials and tribulations. Okay, well done. And so as we think about becoming our best, both ourselves and for our organizations, I love what we're talking about in terms of the mindset. You have to have a becoming your best mindset, but also notice the recommendation or thoughts that Kizzy shared that it's that's alone by itself isn't good enough because you need the skill set too. And that's where the dedication to always being a learner comes in, right? It's putting those two together, one having the ideas and believing it's possible that, and not selling yourself short. And then the second is learning what it takes to make it happen and then staying at it and not giving up, right? You can't give up. That's correct. You can't give up. You may pivot. You may realize, okay, it's not, you, you envision a square and it turns into a diamond. That's okay. Hey, it worked out. But you may pivot pivot a little bit or may not, you know, some things may change, but you don't just give up completely. Yeah, we learn from our failures, don't we? Oh, my goodness. Have you ever had a failure? Yes. (laughs) Well, we we become better by having them. And you're spot on in terms of we're out there learning. That's what entrepreneurship is. And we're trying to increase the odds of our success by being thoughtful about the whole process and realizing that we take our best shot, we do our analytics and you try it and then you make adjustments until you end up at a place that's really working well. So Kizzy, how do you maximize the performance of your team? So I've loved hearing about some of your thoughts on becoming your best. How do you maximize the performance of your team? There's many ways. The most important way is through the culture of K-Parks Consulting. 
I have three government contracting companies and the, the cultures are the same throughout. Culture is number one, where everyone knows that kind of our motto is we are here to make lives easier. Our clients' lives easier, each other's life easier. And so since they know that, it then feeds into empowerment. They understand that they are empowered in different ways because my team, they work on so many different types of projects and things. They're empowered to be their best, to perform at their best, to make decisions. They're not micromanaged. They also know that they are given ample opportunities for professional development and growth. They know that they are rewarded, not just through an annual review, which is our quality reviews that we use, but they know that they're rewarded for meeting our monthly expectations, as well as they're constantly receive accolades and just verbal, you know, oh my gosh, we're so proud of you. You're so amazing. So it's the culture, it's empowerment, it's reward and recognition. It's also finding that fit. So even before you bring someone into your organization, it's making sure they're a good fit during the interview process. And even before then, it's the way that your job description is written. It's the way that you conduct job interviews. It's ensuring that those who come to you, you properly select in. So therefore your team can then thrive and can flourish. And that's what hopefully everyone listening wants. And that's what we achieve. So it's through those as well as having accountability, especially we've always been virtual, but especially since more and more organizations are virtual, you have to have accountability So then your team knows what's expected of them, whether they're physically in an office or they're working from their home or they're working from their vacation spot, or you don't even know where they're necessarily working from. You just know that they work. (laughs) You always have to have accountability too. That's very important. And it just helps lead to success. And that's why we have extremely low turnover, less than 2%. And I have team members that still to this day are connected Regardless if they've gone on to different careers or what may have you, they, they're still connected to KPC. Yeah, that's great. And I love your discussion. I mean, each one of these are so important. Culture, empowerment, having uh, good rewards and recognition so that they feel valued. And, and then you're looking for the right fit of someone that can fit within that culture. And then, of course, having good accountability. Each one of those is really important. I found that same thing applies as a parent, by the way, or even a grandparent. This same thing, you have a family culture. I think what you described as you were raised, Kizzy, same thing. They empowered you. They helped you see what was possible. You probably had pretty good structure and accountability in your family as well. What do you look for in a leader? I look for many different traits. One is I I have to look at, and, and when I think of leader, this is in terms of if someone's to work for me, because there's different types of leaders, different types of environments. So I think, number one, what is the objective of this leader? Is this someone who is going to predominantly engage with our client? Are they engaging with me? Are they engaging with the team? So because of our setup, because we primarily service the federal government, 
And so my team spends way more time with federal, with the federal counterparts than they ever do with me. And so I think that's very important because often in our position, sometimes we overlook the importance of the client as odd as that seems. So I have to, I always keep in mind, okay, who are they really engaging with? And what are the qualities and characteristics that's needed for them in that role? Then I also look for what is the objective of this position? What is the real objective of them being in this leadership position? Is it for them to grow work? Is it for them to just make sure they follow a process and it's more transactional? I don't, so I I have to dig deep. Then I also think about their fit with KPC. I didn't bring it up number one because I just talked about it, but I always think about the cultural fit. I also think about, Will others actually follow them? Do they have the personality and the humility where they're going to be able to have others follow them? Or are they more of a subject matter expert? Because too often the mistake is made that somebody's really smart or somebody really knows the position. So therefore they would be a great leader. And that doesn't necessarily make for the best leader or that they need a college degree. Not necessarily. And so I factor in several things before I determine if somebody's going to make a good leader when I'm hiring. But I will add, there have been situations where existing team members have really stepped up and demonstrated their leadership by taking initiative or offering additional suggestions or workarounds. And then what's ended up happening are those team members have then been given a bonus and a title of team lead or team manager. And so that happens too. So don't overlook existing team members who start to display leadership qualities. Right. And I love the fact that you talk about initiative. How can someone show initiative? What are the best ways? (laughs) The best ways is when... (laughs) is when it's value added. So so here's here's an example. There was a situation where basically information was being added individually and it was taking forever. And so this team member said, you know what? I really think there was a process improvement suggestion. So they're like, what I really think should happen is these changes should be made. These individuals who are involved, they can then start doing X, Y, Z. So I thought, oh, okay, great. And there's a kind of supervisory leadership element here because they also would have to make sure that these other other people involved are all part of this process. And I thought, okay, that made sense because at the end of the day, they're decreasing the time and energy that would go into this effort, in essence, making everyone's life easier by increasing efficiency. So that makes sense. When somebody brings a recommendation that just isn't value added, then it kind of, I have certain team members maybe dig a little deeper into what's going on. Thankfully, I don't really have too many of those situations, but sometimes there's something deeper there where maybe the person just wants to be heard, or maybe the person really just wants to talk about something else. So I think sometimes the mistake is made that we dismiss like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe they said that. Or why is that coming up? When that may, that's just the surface of the iceberg, right? 
maybe it's something deeper. Maybe they're having some kind of personal issue and that's just kind of like the foot in the door for then you to have this discussion with them. Because regardless if it's work or not, you're an entrepreneur or not, we the things going on going on in our life impacts us at work. Whether we're physically there, or we're in our kitchen or, or in our car, it doesn't matter. And so I have my team unpack that too, because sometimes that's been the case where they just really just want to talk and it has nothing to do about do with taking initiative in the sense of helping the company, but they were taking the initiative to help themselves. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up. You know, we're talking about leadership and leadership has certainly different functions and roles. I mean, it's setting the vision. It's helping set the plan, the strategy, and it's accountability, as you talked about. But there's also something else. It's how we treat people. And uh, one of the biggest challenges of leadership is how do you bring the best out of every person that you work with? Help them realize their fullest potential. And I love that you brought up the fact that if some people seem to be subperforming, that there may be a reason why. And so taking the time to really talk with them and understand them, helping share the culture and the vision that you have and, and helping them become aligned. Great job on that. Nice thinking. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Now, if you were sitting down with, uh, say, a niece or a nephew or someone that you really cared about, and they're asking for advice of how to be successful in business or how to be successful in life, what would you recommend to them? Well, first, I would ask them, what does success mean to them? Good. Yeah. For everyone, success is different. Some, for some, success is material items. But if that's how you define success, that's how you define success. For others, it may be happiness. For some, it could just, they just want to be a parent and there's nothing wrong with just being. That's the most amazing job in the world. Indeed. You know, yeah. It's really about unpacking, like, what do they mean by success? And I would also advise that you got to learn, you need to be humble and take time to explore and experience. There are many, many that I mentor formally and informally. And sometimes I, I run into those who are like, oh my gosh, I thought I would have it figured out by now. And I'm like, you gotta, you know, don't be hard on yourself. Like this is the time in your life to just experience. I mean, I think the great thing about where we are in the world is that age is in this way irrelevant. You know, if you, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter anymore that if you're in your forties and fifties and you're like, Hey, I want to earn a PhD. Well, you can do that. Or if you want to retire in your forties, you can do that or retire in your thirties or start a family in your fifties. Hey, you know, it's, there's so many cool things out there. So I also advise that take the time to experience because sometimes there's that pressure. Like you have to know it what you want to do and have it all figured out by 21 and a half. And I I think that's unrealistic. And then there are so many more ways in which you can earn money nowadays. There's so many careers that just didn't exist. I mean, not only just from a content creation standpoint, being a podcaster, but also people who, you know, mine cryptocurrency or people who, edit video. I mean, the demand for things like that, it's, it's, it's so substantially changed. 
I just encourage curiosity, exploration, humility, and most importantly, to really understand and unpack what success means to them. Well, good. Well, uh, the time has flown by today, and we're at the end of our interview. It's been, uh, I've loved your thoughts and ideas. Thank you for sharing. And of course, the business that you've created, you've done what you've talked about and practiced what you preach. Nice going. Any final tips you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Yeah, I would just leave with everyone that if you haven't considered it, keep in mind that the federal government every year spends well over $500 billion on all types of products and services. Whether it's just you, it's you and hundreds and thousands of employees, or it's just two of you. And to really consider it. And if it's an area of interest, you know, my biggest tip to you is to check out Sam, like Uncle Sam, sam sam.gov. Just go in there a little bit. Maybe it's an area for you, a market that you never thought of, or maybe you started the market, you started exploring it, but didn't get far. So please definitely keep in mind selling to the federal government. Okay, great. And how can people find out about you and your services and how they're available? Please reach out to me through LinkedIn. It's Kizzy Parks. Connect with me on LinkedIn. You can direct message me. I would love that. And I can share more about GovCon winners because it's evolving. And so um, please just reach out to me and let me know that you heard me on the podcast. Okay. Well, thank you, Dr. Kizzy M. Parks for being part of this show today. It's been great. been excellent. Thank you so much, Steve. Okay, well, we wish you the best as you're making a difference in the world. And to all of our listeners, never forget, you two are making a difference. And we're so grateful for our association with you, for your desire to become your best and what an impact that has on so many people. This is Steve Schallenberger with Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, wishing you a great day. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, trainer certification, or personal coaching, It would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.